Welcome to another episode of the Flow Road Podcast. I am Edgar Otraves, and today on the show, we have Chris Chikubiak, owner of Hustle Fitness. Now, people, you know it's the beginning of the year, and you all know that you went out and you got yourself into a gym and you're trying to hit that weight loss goal. So I'm here to help kind of get your mind in the right place to lose that weight and hit that one weight loss goal for your New Year's resolutions. Now, if you're new to the show and you want to find out more, head on over to our website, theflowroadpodcast.com. There, you'll see a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store and anything else you want to know about the show. It's always a pleasure talking to Chris. And one of the things I'm kind of beginning to realize is that coaching, regardless if it's yourself or for someone else, the words that you use are important and powerful. So make sure you do a good job of putting together those phrases that you tell yourself and others. I really hope that you get something out of this episode. So without further ado, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Floro Podcast. This is Edgar Otraves, and today on the show, we have Chris Chikubiak, owner of Hustle Fitness, back on the show. So welcome back on the show there, Chris. Thanks for having me, Otraves. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me back. <laughs> hey, no problem, man. I'm glad you came back because um, uh, I got, you know, it's the new year. Yep. Everybody's got uh-huh. their New Year's resolutions, and I've been trying to get guys to talk about you know just uh mindset competitive mindset you know uh and and just trying to get your mind right to you know set goals accomplish those goals and get to where you're going and so like you know one of the things everybody tries to tackle every year is you know weight loss Uh uh-huh so um you being uh not only a gym owner but also uh, a coach you have an educational background in coaching right yep yeah i uh so i started off in physical education um about 20 years ago or so mm-hmm. um and then worked in a school for a little bit um did some coaching in multiple sports mostly soccer um at that time and then um just really uh working in a school kind of wasn't my thing so mm-hmm. thought about personal training and then um um, got into that, uh, worked at a corporate gym for about five years, and then I've owned my own studio for um, just over 10 years now. We actually just celebrated our, uh, our 10-year anniversary this past wow, weekend. Wow, congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I was at a really good uh, Kurdish restaurant called The Gundis uh-huh. uh, in Lincoln Park. Uh, one of our uh, members is one of the owners as well, so oh, nice. give them a nice shout out. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, and then I'm opening another studio in Willowbrook, and we're still um, just kind of waiting on permits to uh, start the build out out there. But uh, yeah. yeah, wow, yeah, I, that's um, yeah, that, that whole trying to get a business set up uh, in this area is a little tough. Yeah, I'm kind of you know coming from the city, I I was expecting it to be a little easier, which um, uh, I guess in a lot of cases and some of the suburban areas it's it's much more difficult so mm. i'm kind of learning that now but um yeah you know it is what it is you kind of roll with the punches and just keep moving yeah for sure so like you've talked about just like your coaching mm-hmm. and i'm gonna jump around i know i sent you all these questions but i'm gonna jump <laughs> around a little bit yeah. because you mentioned yep. coaching and, and i brought it up kind of uh-huh. but like uh when it comes to coaching people what is like your guiding principle 
that'll keep you on track? Like, do you have a mantra? Do you have a thought? Do you, is there something that you think about when it comes to coaching people and then making sure that you're doing the right thing when you're coaching them? Well, I, and I think, you know, the, the old, uh, medical saying like, do no harm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is, that's big. Like for us with like coaching people, like safety is always the number one concern. Um, but I think also like beyond that, I would say, um, I took a test a few years ago and it was a test of like, you know, kind of different strengths. Actually, this was probably 10, 12 years ago. It was before I even opened the business. Um, but it just kind of helps you identify like what strengths are like the strongest for, for you. Mm. And for me, it was one of them was love and compassion. Um, humor was also high up there. Like, oh, wow. I, I think I'm pretty funny. Um, <laughs> some people might agree, but, you know, um, you seen that it's pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, love and compassion, like kind of looking at people in a compassionate way, because mm -hmm. um, everybody's struggling with something that you may or may not be aware of and just being, um, you know, a, a friend and a mentor to people, um, and just, uh, you know, being kind. Mm. Um, I think those are, are big things because somebody may come in and they, um, maybe they have a goal that is, you know, um, I don't know, a little bit, you know, unrealistic or something. So you still have to approach that with kindness and show them like, Hey, like, let's maybe set like a realistic expectation with this, but you have to respect where they're coming from mm -hmm. with that. Like, where did they get that information from? And I may totally disagree with it, but I still have to respect that and show them kindness and try to guide them in the right direction. Has there been times where like people have come in with this crazy high goal and still smash it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen, you know, I think in my entire coaching career, I've helped like five or six people lose a hundred pounds. Whoa. And most of those people did that in like one to two years. Yeah. Um, in fact, they were, all of them were kind of working so hard where I had to kind of get them to pull back a little bit because they were sort of, um, doing things that were going to lead to injury more. So you know, and that's kind of the balance with some people you have to know when to push them. Other times you have to let them kind of know when to pull them back. Yeah. And a lot of that just comes with time and getting to know them and then teaching them how to kind of read their own bodies and, and feel when they do need to take a break or when they can push it a little harder. Yeah. Well, that happens too, right? Even with the most experienced athletes, uh, they, you lose sight of where you, where that line is, right? You know, uh, especially people who don't work out, they they probably don't have a sense of, oh, I'm injured. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's the toughest time when someone's starting out because you don't really know what 100% is. You don't know what 70% is. So it's kind of you're trying to like anyone who's kind of taken some time off, like, you know, more than like a couple months, mm -hmm. um, you're kind of getting back into it. So a lot of times people are like. Um, so let's say you, you take a year off and you maybe go back to what you were doing the year before, like it's probably going to be pretty hard for you. Um, because over time your body adapts to things. And, you know, I always say it's, it's not that workouts get easier. It's just that you get stronger. Mm -hmm. So over time, a workout that you do in, you know, let's say you start in January and then you go back and do that same workout in May, that workout may be a little bit lighter for you. Like it's a lighter workout or more of a medium workout, but you've probably found new ways to 
kind of challenge yourself and push yourself um, along the way as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of just losing weight in general, uh, do you are you in the camp of like you need to work out and diet or just diet? What's the more important of the two? If you if you had to leave, if you can only do one, yeah, which one would be the most important? Well, I, I usually don't like to say the word diet because it automatically triggers like restriction with a lot of people. Mm. Um, I mean, I do say diet, but I also say like diet, nutrition plan, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first, you know, three letters of the word kind of spell it out, die. Yeah. So now, do you want to do that? <laughs> Not really, no. no. <laughs> um, but, you know, definitely focusing on nutrition mm-hmm. and working out is going to... Um, expedite the process of weight loss fat loss Mm -hmm. it'll definitely speed things up but you know nutrition is definitely the more important of the two Mm -hmm. because you can you can do the best workouts um that are the most appropriate for you that all gear you up towards losing fat losing weight but if you're eating like junk all the time you know it's just not gonna work you can get stronger i tell you this all the time Mm -hmm. like I can get you stronger here in the gym. You'll get stronger. We can help you move better. But like if you're eating garbage all the time, you're just not going to lose the weight. You said something really interesting um, before we started the podcast where I told you we're, you know, me and my buds were competing on this thing once. And yeah, all we were doing was running all the time. Yeah. And uh, I told you like, yeah, I, I didn't really lose much weight. I think I lost, actually, I think I lost like maybe five pounds at most. I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. Yeah. But, you know, the goal of the thing was to, you know, lose weight, not get better at, you know, staying running. fat and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and running. Uh-huh. But like, yeah, I was eating all the carbs and doing everything else and thinking that running would be enough Yeah. to to knock off the weight. And instead, it kind of like recomposed my body. Yep. Yeah. So, like you said, you said, what did you say? You said, well, running, um, and there's a lot of research that backs this up. Running is definitely one of the most inefficient ways of losing body fat. Okay. Because a lot of times you're going to lose muscle mass and fat. Like, best case scenario, you're probably losing both at equal ratios. So, uh, running doesn't do anything to help you actually build or maintain muscle. It actually can kind of, um, atrophy you if you're doing so much running because it's just going to be impossible for you to hang on mm. to muscle mass. Um, so that right there makes it um, sort of an ineffective way. And then also when you're running a lot, when you're running these long distances, it's just going to stimulate your appetite too. So it's going to make you eat a lot more. Mm. And then if you're not working on eating good quality foods, you know that stuff is just going to get stored as fat eventually oh, too. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Cause I mean, you said that upstairs and I was just like, God damn it. And that was exactly what happened. Cause yeah. I would go on a run and come back and just eat all the bread in the house yeah. and eat all uh-huh. the stuff yep. like that I shouldn't be eating. But I was like, I ran today. I can get away with this. Yeah. You know, that's the other part of it, you know, yep. cause I was running so much. Mm-hmm. I was like running all the time every day. And you know, a couple of times a week I would run like eight miles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which but is, that's a lot. It's a lot. But I wasn't, 
I wasn't losing weight and it was kind of getting to my knees a little bit because I'm, I'm heavy. You yeah. Know? Well, and then you're doing the same movements over and over again. So yeah, it, it, you know, you're, you're moving in one direction. You're basically jumping from foot to foot. So running can actually be a lot more high impact than mm. people think it is. Mm. So yeah. So, and, and that kind of makes sense in that way. Cause a lot of times that's where we get injured. We do too much of the same thing mm. over and over again. And we're not training other, um, other uh movements or other modalities um but uh yeah when you're running you're just expending energy and then that energy if you're running like a lot which i would say you know eight miles is definitely a lot Mm. you know you're gonna need to replenish that energy and if you're not doing it in a way that's helping you to maintain muscle the energy a lot of times can get stored as fat so then uh just in terms of running you would discourage running or you would just be like, okay, you're a type, you're a certain type of athlete. You need the running for this, this, and this. But if you're not like, so like for me, I just, you know, I do jujitsu. I want to be able to like last a few rounds. Yeah. But I also want to be able to be explosive. Right. Yeah. I don't think I'm asking anything really super unique. Right. I yeah. I wanna I wanna be able to run a couple of miles if I need to. Yeah. But I also mm-hmm. don't wanna, you know, but I also wanna be able to sprint. Yeah. Right? Um and, and yeah, and that's uh so yeah, when people sometimes it's hard to get runners to stop running so much because a lot of times uh like I was just talking to this woman who wanted to run um a half marathon um in uh, September, the Chicago half. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her, like, you know, a lot of times when I'm working with runners, I tell them to lower their mileage Mm. because a lot of times doing strength training. I mean, yeah, if you're doing if you're running distance, you need to run distance to train for that. Mm -hmm. But you probably don't need to just go out and run every day, um, you know, mile after mile after mile. You can kind of cut that mileage down and do other things that are going to help strengthen those muscles that you're going to use while you're running and then also just increase your mobility so your body's just functioning a lot better Mm. sometimes people go out and they just hit the pavement and they're just pounding 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 certain things are going to get tight other things are going to get weak um, just from kind of that overtraining and those repetitive movements so Mm -hmm. if you're not addressing some of those like weaknesses um, you know you're going to get injured or you know you're going to you're going to decrease performance Mm -hmm. at the very least I love that you said that in terms of like uh, you, some things will get weaker and other things will get tight. Because mm-hmm. the first, like after a while, towards the end of where I like where, where I stopped running that much, my hips, my hips were super tight. Yeah, I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't like do back bends. Not that I do back bends, but <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't lean back. You know, like yeah. it was, uh-huh. it was really hurting just to yep. just to extend my leg backwards yeah because when you're running you're i mean you're flexing your hip over and over again and you're Mm. usually in that a little bit more of a forward posture yeah so you lose some of that extension if you're not working it because you're constantly um working that flex position yeah and the other thing that i hated was like uh rather than getting all muscular i got or skinny even Uh i i just got pudgier i got like this old man body yeah so like my the, arms the were like decreased <laughs> yeah my legs were a lot stronger i felt good about my legs and how yeah. and because i got problems with my knees and stuff but uh-huh. but uh I, I couldn't i couldn't walk like a normal person because it was all tight this yeah. way and then on top of that my arms were all like you know 
yeah, like little little Tyrannosaurus Rex arms, you know, uh-huh. it, is, it just, I hated that. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not, you know, I played soccer and I'm not a huge fan of running. Mm-hmm. So when I kind of stopped playing soccer, cause I was actually getting injured more in soccer than I was in jujitsu, which oh, is wow. how we know each other. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I kind of stopped playing soccer and then, uh, I just kind of realized, you know what? I don't really like running. So I'm just not really going to do it anymore. I find it interesting um, that there's people who love it, you know, cause it's some like, people do. And like when people love it, I'll encourage them to, um, you know, continue running, but it's like kind of, let's, let's kind of maybe cut back the mileage if they're doing way too much of it, mm. or let's do some stretching or, uh, increase strength training if, you know, just to kind of balance things out. So, um, one of one of the big topics I wanted to talk about because I think we we either mentioned it or we talked about it after the podcast mm-hmm. the last time you were here, and it was talking about like some people have this emotional connection to food, yeah, and it's it's very hard for them to let some of that go, and uh, what in your experience. And, and I mean, you said before, you like you you, said, you you clearly said it to me before. I was like, I'm not a psychologist, you know. But yeah. this is yep. from my experience. Mm-hmm. So, like from your experience, what what are those connections, and how do you break those connections or form new positive uh, connections to food or habits? Yeah, um, you know, yeah. And as I, you know, I'm not a therapist, um, <laughs> so I, you know, if someone does come to me and they have, it seems like they have like more of like um what i would call like disordered eating i would you know refer them to someone else but Mm -hmm. you know it's very common and i think we all have these emotional attachments to food like i do you probably do absolutely um you know we all have that and it's it's normal to have those because you know it's just kind of it's it's a normal thing um you know eating is very social um you know, it's a way that people socialize and connect. So mm-hmm. it makes sense to have these emotional connections to it. And it's not necessarily a bad thing until it is. Like if you have, um, you know, uh, some kind of like maybe like addiction to like certain foods. Um, you could say addiction like loosely. But let's say, you know, every night you're eating like ice cream. Like, you know, ice cream's not necessarily bad in moderation. Um, you know, and it all depends on person to person and, and how much you're eating, who's eating it. Um, but like, if you're trying to lose body fat, like, let's say, you know, you're at an unhealthy weight and you have this habit of like eating ice cream every night, mm. that's where it's going to get in the way of your goals. It's going to get in the way of your health and where you maybe need to kind of make some changes. Um, so a lot of it, um, I reference a book I tell people to get a lot is the power of habit. Mm where they kind of, the first step is really like identifying it. Like, okay, what is this? Like what, I have this habit of, you know, every day at lunch going out and, um, you know, eating 10 chicken wings, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, The author of the book talks about how like every day at like 2 p.m. at work, he would go and um, eat like a cookie from the uh, (laughs) cafeteria. Yeah. And he was kind of like, why am I doing this? And so there's, and I think he says there's like seven uh, different reasons people do it. And sometimes it's like, you know, it's the time of the day. Like what's triggering you to do that? It could be the time of the day. Like, hey, I just got home from work. So I'm going to have, 
a bourbon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just kind of becomes like a pattern for you. Um, the reason this guy was eating a cookie is he was just bored. Yeah. So it's kind of like identifying what that is. And then the next thing that he did was, um, uh, you know, kind of replaced it with a different habit. Because, and this is, and I was talking with somebody about nutrition the other day. And, and one thing I talk with people a lot is, it's a lot easier to add good things in than it is to take stuff away. Because mm. if you have a habit of eating ice cream every day and I say, hey, we're not going to have you eat any ice cream anymore. Like, what are you going to think about? You're yeah. going to think about ice cream all the time. Yeah. You know, kind of like the, if I said, don't think of a purple elephant in the room, like you're just going to think purple elephant, purple elephant. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's a lot easier to add good things in. So a lot of times we'll talk with people about like, hey, let's add in some green vegetables or let's add in some more healthy protein or healthy fats or good carbohydrates, you know, whatever it is. Um, that's a little more, you know, different person to person and what they actually need. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, going back to that, um, replacing that habit with something else. So this guy who was eating the cookie every day replaced it with, I'm just going to go to a coworker's desk and have a conversation with them. Oh, nice. So instead of eating the cookie, he had, you know, conversation that satisfied the, the boredom that he was having that was mm-hmm. causing him to eat that. Um, so there's an interesting, uh, thing you said there, and it has to do with coaching. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you said it's easier to add things in, yeah, rather than to take things out. And then you said, <clears throat> if I tell you not to think about pink elephant, you yeah, think about pink elephant. Uh-huh. It's like one of those things we discussed this too uh, uh, about coaching. Like you don't yell at the guy, uh, don't go for the armbar. Yeah, go uh-huh. for this. You know, yes. like you don't yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to. I'm doing it right now. You're not supposed to use don't do this yeah instead yep. you give them an alternative you tell them what to do exactly because yeah. then you're saying don't do this what am i supposed to do yeah you know i'm they're not gonna, yeah I'm, they're gonna freeze they're gonna yeah. exactly be like well wait what? yeah uh-huh. yeah rather yep. than just going and giving them a specific control like command to do something else um and, and it's interesting that you bring that up because that seems to be part of that yeah yeah, on, on two ends of that, like you, um, when you, like if somebody's, uh, you know, struggling towards the end of finishing something, you don't want to say, um, don't stop, because then they're just going to think, stop. Mm-hmm. You want to say, keep going, like keep going, like you got this, like give them positive reinforcement. Like most people are going to respond much better to that than they will any type of negative reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other end of that, like, yeah, you want to give them like clear directives. So when we're teaching someone a new exercise, let's say, mm-hmm. I'm not going to start it off by saying, don't step this way, step this way. I'll say, step this way. Period. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I, and then I'll correct them if they are, you know, making a mistake with something or mm-hmm. doing it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also want to let them kind of feel that on their own mm-hmm. too. But it almost seems like that's true for almost every aspect of coaching, not just movement, but also like thought. Like, yeah, like totally. if you're going to teach someone or you're going to lead someone to to eat correctly, you're not going to say don't eat cheese, you know, yeah. or don't uh-huh. eat all the bread, yeah, because they're going to go home and eat all the bread, uh-huh. you know. So like you would say, hey, you know, like replace that with broccoli 
or whatever. Yeah. Or let's add in some broccoli. Mm, like uh, that's what just, you would say. You wouldn't even say replace that. You would say yeah, add in. I would. I would say hey, let's you know every time we eat cheese, let's maybe have like a half cup of broccoli. Mm. Um, and that would be if they like broccoli. Yeah. If they hate broccoli, I probably wouldn't say that. <laughs> um, but you know, I would say like you know what are your what mm. do you like, what vegetables do you like to eat? Like I would look at what they're doing. Like okay, you know I'm not seeing any vegetables here. Do you like vegetables? No, I hate every vegetable. Then maybe we'll work on something else first. But yeah. if they're like, I love spinach and I love broccoli, I hate everything else. It's like, if all right, someone can we comes get these to you in like and says, week? if someone comes to you and says, I hate all vegetables, don't you go like, come on, man, grow up and eat some vegetables? Don't don't well, you? I mean, they have to like, they have to grow a little bit, right? It's you know, it's working with people where they are. So it just kind of depends. If they were like, you know, I would maybe say, are you open to eat, trying some different vegetables? Trying yeah. ways to prepare them. Have, how many ways have you tried to prepare vegetables in your life? Because yeah. you got to get them to think it's their idea. Okay. Because like, if I just said like, look, you're like not eating any vegetables. Like you gotta, you gotta eat some. Like you know, <laughs> and he's a, like be an adult. Well, I'm not gonna uh, do what you told me. That is how a lot of people <laughs> yeah, react. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now uh, some people might yeah. respond to that still and be like, yeah, you know, Chris, you're right, but mm -hmm. I would probably have to have like a better relationship with them. Uh -huh. Like I do know some people I could say that to, or it would 100% work right away. Yeah. Um, but some people you kind of have to like, um, you know, I always get them to think it's their idea mm -hmm. because that's going to be more power, yeah, powerful for them. And then mm -hmm. they're finding a way to make it work. Cause like I said, Hey, what are some ways that you can maybe try to prepare this? Like just try it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they can try it, see if it works and they'll probably find a way that they do actually like it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because you're, you're, you're suggesting the thing and then letting them figure it out versus saying eat broccoli. Like yeah. saying yeah. eat this specific thing, they're like, "Well, yep. you know what? Um, if you tell them, here's this, here's this option in this group, f you know, try to pick something from there and cook it a way that you would like." Yeah, I could see them being like, "Okay, well, I don't want to eat broccoli, and maybe mm -hmm. I'll try kale, and I'll, maybe I'll throw it on a pan and saute it, put a little garlic on it." Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Now I'm getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've had been fast. All I've had was coffee. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're under fast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, but like, yeah, I could see that then, them eventually saying, "Okay, I can do this bit because I've made it. I've done it. I've found a way to make it work, and it's mine yeah. now." Yes. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Because, like, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's like. Uh, I don't think it's a secret that eating broccoli is probably good for you. Uh -huh. So like people know that. So like me just saying, you need to eat more broccoli. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, no shit. It's like, <laughs> of course. But I don't want to. It's like, I don't want to. It's like, how can we make it work for you? Like, how is it going to work for like your lifestyle? Like your, um, your taste buds, um, you know, uh, like telling an Italian they can't eat pasta anymore, like probably yeah. isn't going to work. Probably not. <laughs> or a Hispanic person that they can't have cheese, tortillas. Oh, dude, right now I'm not eating any tortillas and uh -huh. it has been killing me because everybody <laughs> else gets to eat tortillas in the house. Yeah. Uh -huh. So like if, if we're making something, sometimes I've, I've been sitting at the grill making yeah. quesadillas and tacos uh -huh. and all this stuff for the kids. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm cooking all these tortillas. I can't have a single one. <laughs> I haven't had any since the new year. Okay. Is um, this because of the, the group that you're doing? Yeah, we're uh -huh. doing this. Uh, so the, for the listeners, uh, we're doing, uh, the guys on the podcast, we're doing this challenge we call the 10% Less Human uh, Challenge. And so on the first, we all started 
by weighing ourselves in, and then now we're trying to reach a new goal of a new weight that is 10% of that start weight. Uh, so I got to hit something like 230-something. Um, I started at 265, I think it was. Nice. So now I just got to drop 10% of that. So 20, okay. 26 pounds minus whatever. So it's you know 230-something. So... Um, it's a little bit of a race and yeah, I've, it's funny. Cause like I, I went to the store and I'm thinking, well, I got to get ready for this. I mm-hmm. got to start getting disciplined. And I slowly started pulling stuff in the car and I was like, okay, I can't have this. I'm not going to eat this. I'm going to take this. And by the time I was done, I'm like, I guess I'm going keto. Like I, it's not really what I was <laughs> thinking. Yeah. It's just kind of what it's just kind of like what is in the cart, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. And I was just like, okay, I guess I'll do that. You know? Cause yeah. then. You know, I, I do have little little things that I like to yeah. replace stuff that I do, like you're saying. So I have like these keto cups, like these keto, uh, uh, like kind of like a chocolate, like a chocolate, yeah. uh-huh. you know. Yep. And uh, I have one if I feel like it, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, I bought a bag of that stuff, and I'm like, well, if I'm gonna eat this, I should probably be keto. Yeah. And so that's that's what I've been doing. I haven't really been looking at my macros very closely um which is i think something that you really really need to do but otherwise i've been i've been pretty tight with it you know yeah i've avoided you feel good i feel a lot better yeah uh one of the first things that happened was uh i and i didn't do this on purpose but like uh the first day i didn't have everything in the refrigerator that i needed Mm -hmm. but we had like these big old bags of um frozen broccoli okay and like the first three four days i was just eating broccoli with whatever you know i would make a steak and then broccoli you yeah. know and and then, like the steak wasn't enough to kind of fill me yeah so i would eat the whole thing of broccoli uh-huh. and i was crapping like you wouldn't believe <laughs> but i was yeah, like the fiber and everything just pushes everything out it just came yeah. right uh-huh. out and i lost like 10 pounds right off the top right away yeah, but it nice. was it was like i was before i started i had i was like swollen yeah uh-huh. it, it was a little weird yeah and i felt it because i haven't been 260 in a long time mm-hmm. but like my stomach was inflated yeah not like normal either More extended a little More inflammation ex- yeah. yeah it was it was like i was yeah i was inflamed you know yeah. and it was really weird because i was like i didn't i never felt like that before uh-huh had all that broccoli for a few days and it just I, it, everything slimmed right back down again. Yeah, you know. I mean, uh-huh. I'm, I'm still pudgy, right? But it's not like it wasn't like that because I was like my belly was out, like I was pregnant or something. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And yeah, it was weird because it only took a few days, and like all the swelling went down. I lost ten pounds. It was probably water and Lord knows what else. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of ketogenic diets do work really well too. And part of weight loss is just kind of reducing inflammation as well Mm -hmm. um because it just helps kind of speed up the process but you'll also you know you'll lose some water weight it'll help with digestion um so i think keto it it works really well um some of it's just kind of finding like how to make it work for you like long term yeah because like you're probably going to go back to eating tortillas to some extent absolutely okay yeah absolutely (laughs) as soon Um, as as soon as one of us because at the end of this we get a belt yeah as soon as one of these motherfuckers win this thing whether it's me or them uh 
I'm gonna start eating tortillas. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go like go have a pack. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. like, I'm gonna go get well, me some I tacos. Like, yeah, uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but I mean, the plan is, you know, have a little respite. You know, chill out a little bit, and then we go back at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's kind of finding like you know when you're doing this, like when you're doing um, uh, a keto diet, keto nutrition plan, or you know whatever it is. Um, I think it's, it, it's good when people can kind of take certain things from it and mm-hmm. then make it their own. Like, okay, I like this about it. I didn't like this aspect or mm-hmm. this worked for me really well. Like eating the broccoli, mm-hmm. like that really cleared me out. Like, I really <laughs> like that feeling. Um, it felt great. <laughs> you know, but I felt like a little more lethargic after workouts mm-hmm. because I, you know, maybe need a little bit more carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Like it's all about like listening to your body and then just listening to like your, you know, your lifestyle. Like, you know, you said you were fasting today. Yeah. So there may be some days of the week where fasting maybe just doesn't work for you, just mm. depending on, you know, what you have going on. Yeah. But it's like it could work on other days. So it's kind of like finding like what is the best for you physiologically and then what kind of works the best for your schedule. Yeah. As well. I don't I don't want to jump off too far off track because you said that, that book had uh, seven things. You mentioned one. What were the other things? I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay, perfect. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh it's power of habit. Um mm-hmm. it like time of day is one. Mm. Um your mood. Um yeah, there's uh there's another book too that I think is is really um powerful and it's by uh it's called The Big Leap and it's by um a guy named Gay Hendricks. Okay. And um he in there talks about like reasons why people like don't want to do things that they know are going to be good for them mm. um and some and it's a lot of like he talks a lot about like limiting beliefs and like um you know like somebody might think um like have you seen the movie goodwill hunting i have this wonderful movie so like in that movie um you know matt damon's character like thought that he was like he didn't want to like leave his like lifestyle of like um where he was living in um uh in boston southie yeah. was that where it was southie yeah so he felt like it was almost like he was doing like a disservice to like his friends to like be successful so oh. sometimes that's what it is for people like they might think like well i don't want to be successful because this is like who i am this is where i'm from and i it, and it'd be like a um like a diss to my like friends and family if i did something different mm-hmm. kind of like a, a black sheep in some ways yeah um and then another reason is like people just they have a fundamental thing that they think they're just not good enough where they think there's something wrong with them or they mm. think that they can't be successful um or like it could be like we talked about this before like someone who like maybe is like i'm not a fitness person um I am not good at exercise. Well, like, what does that like even entail? Like, yeah. If I said, oh, I'm not a fitness person. I'm not good at exercise. Like, well, exercise isn't like, you know, necessarily a competition. Like, it's just your own personal thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You could make it a competition like the way you guys are doing, which yeah. is good. It's a good way to motivate you. Mm-hmm. Like, competition motivates us. But like, you know, you're... um if you look at exercise that way, it's like 
maybe somebody along the line, like a bad gym teacher said, Hey, you know what? You're not athletic. You shouldn't even try this. And then that person like grows up like thinking that, and mm -hmm. it's just like something that just keeps going over and over in their head. Mm -hmm. So it's like kind of realizing that that's just what it was. It was just, it's not that you are bad at exercise or you're unathletic or, you know, whatever it is, you're bad at math. Mm -hmm. It's just that someone told you that and then you started to believe it. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy that you say that. Cause I saw, uh, I follow this, um, I think she's a like a child psychologist. Yeah, and she posted something that said something to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing: uh, "Be the voice inside your child's head when you correct them." Yeah. Uh huh. Don't yeah. you know? Like, be careful how you say things to them because that yep. will be their voice. Yeah. Totally. When it comes to doing certain things. Yeah. And, and watch watch your tone how, watch how you say it etc cetera, etc cetera. yep because that will have an impact and as you're saying like the example you keep using over and over again is the gym teacher um sometimes it's a parent right yeah and uh -huh. it's like yeah well like one reassess those voices right yeah take you know who who said that to you and why do you believe that mm -hmm. but also like as if you're a parent or a coach or in any position where you're dealing with children uh you have to be really responsible with what you say yeah totally very careful what you say to these to these kids because that could be the voice they hear for the rest of their lives yeah uh -huh. and it's it's like like when i saw that i was just like god damn it what did i say to the boy earlier today? <laughs> i know you i know? always uh i always worry about that too yeah my wife and i would never you know we're around our our daughter our daughter's uh she's almost three uh -huh. but yeah it's like Okay, we gotta say it this way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I was worried a lot more of that um when I was uh when they were younger. Uh huh. Uh but now I'm more worried about how I behave. Cause yeah. um the boy doesn't know uh Spanish. Okay. But he wants to learn. So I've been showing him some things mm -hmm. and I've been doing little funny things for them so to for them to learn. Yeah. One of the things is we'll you know if we go to the supermarket and they want something they have to ask for it in Spanish. Oh, okay. So yeah, they have yeah. to learn uh -huh. the thing and have the phrase ready. Yeah. If they have any of it wrong or mispronounced, they don't get it. Okay, that's yeah. cool. So they know how to say cookies, toys, pancakes, <laughs> all the fun stuff. All the fun stuff, <laughs> and I'm getting broker and broker by the day. So like, uh, if we go to the store, that's the rule. Like they can ask for whatever it is under yeah. twenty dollars. You know. Okay. And there's been a couple of times where they left angry at themselves and there's been other times where they you know like yeah like they know we're going to the store my daughter will sit up research the store uh-huh and, and ask everything ask yeah, yeah ask the, the the you know the the echoes yeah how to say all these things in spanish uh-huh <laughs> so she'll go to the store with a little piece of paper and just read all this stuff off which but, is that that's actually really cool because then it gets her to like even go above and beyond where she's like researching the store and looking up like yeah it's, so it's she's probably learning a lot more that way oh it's a real pain yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah because she is really diligent and then she'll show the little one because she'll do all the effort and then uh -huh. tell him how to do all the stuff but yeah okay. but um but i guess one of the things i was saying is just like uh you know just my behavior is is something that will teach them about themselves right yeah. but yeah. It, it's uh it's rough because i didn't i didn't realize i did this i don't know where it came from i know where it came from it came from my parents but like i'm driving in the car and somebody pisses me off and 
Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Chinga uh-huh. tu madre, this and this and this. Yeah, yeah, I had that too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I don't even yeah. think about it. Uh-huh. But why, first of all, why why does it have to be swearing? And second, why does it got to be in Spanish? Like, <laughs> it's always in Spanish. Uh-huh. Este yeah. cabrón. You know, like, yeah. this is like every every single time. And it's crazy because my Spanish ain't so great, but my, my cursing's on top. Cursing like, is yeah, like 100%. Yeah. 100% on, yeah. It's coming from deep in that subconscious. <laughs> yeah, someplace back there. <laughs> I saw my dad curse some uh-huh. guy out the window, and that's yeah, that's me now. So yeah, and and so like I'll throw these words out, and then you know, not thinking that he's picking it up, and then later on he'll be asked, he'll ask me, he's just like, "What does chinga tu madre mean?" And I'm like, "Oh shit, where'd you get that from?" You know, like I didn't say oh shit, but I was like, "Oh crap, where'd you get that from?" And he's like, "You said it." And I'm like, "No, I didn't." Uh-huh. <laughs> he's like, "Yes, you did." I'm like, when did I say that? He's like, "You said it when you were driving." I'm like. Oh, Oh, I did. <laughs> I was yeah. like, and then like, I, I was like, no, I didn't, you know. And then I realized one day I was driving and I cursed, and I was like, holy uh-huh. crap, I'm doing that, and I'm doing it in Spanish, and it's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, I guess my point was is, is like, yeah, that you don't even have to say anything to them. You just have to be around and be a bad example, and they'll, and pick, they'll that pick that up. up. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So like that's like I was very cognizant of that because I kind of knew that already. When they were little, but as they get older, I'm kind of like losing that focus of that and not not being the best dude around them. And then I'm like, oh crap, I gotta course correct. Yeah, and you know, I gotta pull some of that stuff out again and be careful how I behave. Yeah. Now we interrupt the podcast to let you know that if you're building a website and you need a hosting service, Bluehost is definitely the way to go. especially if you're building it in uh, WordPress, for example. It's the hosting service I use for my website, the Flowroll Podcast, and they're super dependable, never had a problem, easy to use. I highly recommend them. Make sure you use the referral link in the description so that Bluehost knows I sent you. Also, the music you're listening to here comes from Epidemic Sound. Now, Epidemic Sound is a great service which allows you to get licenses to music with a very affordable monthly plan. It's great. And you can get a 30-day free trial if you act now. With over 35,000 tracks and 90,000 sound effects, you will find all that you will need for your projects. When you head over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so they know that I sent you. Now, I just recently started using Monday. Um, Monday.com has what they call a work operating system, a work OS. What it is is a work management software. It's more than just a to-do list. It allows you to work with teams. You can put timelines on things. It organizes your projects in a very easy to read dashboard and it's super customizable. I love it. Just started using it. Uh, I'm sharing it with my teams now. It's a great tool for you to use for your work, especially nowadays when we're working from home and we're a little more disconnected. We don't have the people in front of us to ask questions about where is this project? How are you doing on this? What's the timeline, et cetera, et cetera. So with Monday, it makes it very easy for you to kind of keep an eye on things. I love it. I love it. It's an amazing piece of software. I highly recommend it. And when you make your way over to monday.com, make sure you use my referral link in the description. 
It's funny now that you're mentioning that I think like being a parent kind of gets you to um, sort of, I guess, practice becoming a better person. Mm. Because like I was, uh, there's times too where, and I have the same thing. I was like swearing a lot when I was driving, like Mm -hmm. getting upset with people. (laughs) And I, I tell this story where my dad had this really like, he got so mad and like, had this uh, very famous curse word that I won't say right now. Well, combination of curse words. Um, and then I said it once when I was driving and my wife was like, no, I think when she was pregnant with my daughter, yeah. she was like, no, we're not going to have, uh, she said the, expli- yeah. the dag fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's like, we're not going to do this uh, with our daughter. Like, All right. Yeah. So now, and now I think I don't do it as much anymore, but yeah. we have been trying to watch like the swear more myself yeah. the swearing around her because she is like a little parrot and picks everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other day, you talk about you know being a good example. Um, my daughter does this thing now where there's this book called uh, "We're Going on a Bear Hunt," so mm-hmm. she'll like crawl around the room like a bear, mm. which is cool because it gets her to like exercise like in a fun way. And you're like, "Oh, my daughter's exercising." Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, nice, good plank." Yeah. Push us. <laughs> uh, but uh, you take after daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so she wanted me to do it with her, and then she started crawling under me, mm-hmm. and then we were crawling together on the ground. And I was like, I had worked out earlier in the day, and mm. this is at like right before bed, and I had like. Uh, I had worked for you know a few hours, taking some calls and stuff, and I was kind of tired. I was just kind of like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I yeah. worked out today, yeah. but it's like, no, I can't like tell her that like I'm tired. Like I'm not tired enough to keep doing this. Like yeah. I'm not in any pain. You know, I'm gonna keep doing this for her, so she has this like good memory and knows like not to quit when you're you know just starting to get tired a little bit. Yeah. So it's kind of like I started thinking that in my head, and I was like, yeah, I guess it's good that I kept doing that. Wow, that's. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, now I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to like, be careful. Because sometimes I'll tell them, oh, I can't today. I'm, I'm a little tired. You know? And now, yeah. now what is that teaching them? Am I teaching them that it's okay to like quit when, when I'm tired? Yeah, I can't. I got to take that back. That's a good point. I like that. Yeah. Um, well, you do a lot with your kids, though. You do jujitsu with them. Yeah, you take them to jujitsu class. Well, we haven't done jujitsu since the quarantine started. Okay, yeah. But, uh, but you train with them here, right? I train with them here. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be honest, uh, it's been at best maybe twice a week. Um, it's usually just once a week, uh, and you know, it's uh, it's funny because this la- the last time I rolled with them, they were like you got to teach us stuff. I'm like, we just come down here and roll. (laughs) And I'm like, well, you guys always just wanted to roll. And Uh she's like, oh, I want to learn something. Like my daughter, she's a a smart one. Uh She's like, well, I'm, you know, can we practice some of the stuff that we used to do? Like, you know, some throws and stuff. I'm like, these mats are hard. Like they're not hard, but like, you know, there's concrete under, there's no subfloor. I think I actually have the same ones. Red, Dolomar. Yeah. I have two. They're perfect. I mean, they're great, right? Yeah. But without no uh, subfloor, landing on those are can be pretty tough mm-hmm. even for little guys yeah but like um so yeah she was like you got to teach us stuff i'm like oh, okay you guys actually want to learn something <laughs> like usually you guys whine when you when i try to uh, get you guys to do drills yeah, and stuff do the fun stuff spar. yeah yeah you guys just yeah. want to do the fun stuff just like adults uh-huh. adults don't yep. want to do the drills or yeah. learn anything new they just want to kill each other <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh huh. so um but yeah so like this last time i taught them something and i'm gotta start kind of putting together some ideas to like you know, um, actually get them to 
practice some moves because yeah i also realized that they haven't been doing other things like arm bars stuff like that yeah and i didn't realize that maybe it was because they forgot or it's just not in their like top of mind Mm -hmm. so refreshing some of these things um I immediately saw them kind of doing other things. And I was just like, they usually just go for the back and go for a rear naked choke. And this time I saw them doing arm bars and trying other things. I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I felt like I was being, again, failing in the coaching. And, and, you know. I think all coaches feel like failures on a regular (laughs) basis, you know. Well, that's good to know. And I think it's kind of like one of those things where it it helps you get better because you look at things. Because, like, no one's perfect. You know, coaching isn't a perfect thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's not meant to be. Yeah. uh, um, But even the best coaches lose. Absolutely. 20, 30% of the time at least. And then they're one of the greatest of all time. Mm. So, um but yeah, like it, it wasn't, but you see, the funny thing is, is I, I just, uh, it was just an activity that kind of make sure they didn't lose jujitsu. Yeah. And it was, it was just for, it was something to do with, with dad, but I didn't realize yeah. that also like you know, I could still be teaching them mm-hmm. and, and me not refreshing some of these things there, they, they could be losing, losing it just because I haven't thought about oh you know let's try this or let's try that you know like um i can think of a bunch of skills that the kids may have lost only because i haven't been refreshing it with them uh since the pandemic started Mm because all they do now is just they they find a way they pass the garden and find a way to get to the back and yeah that's all they do Uh they don't they don't i tried to teach them like my son will do a like a arm triangle here and there he likes just like pressure but he doesn't do he doesn't do, you know, they don't do arm bars. They don't do triangles. They don't do any of the other things. So mm-hmm. like, so like, yeah, I, I realized that last time I was just like, crap, I'm going to have to like, like reteach them almost. Cause yeah. not that they lost it, but they, they don't remember some of it, you know, and it's not, it's not coming to them when they're rolling. So mm-hmm. that's the part I, I feel like that was my responsibility to kind of keep in them and, uh, it's hard, you know, when you don't have other kids, because they'll they'll roll yeah. and they'll they'll they get kind of know each other and know just like you know yeah. we as adults like you get to know your training partners you kind of know so you kind of have to yeah at times push yourself out of the comfort zone and practice things you're maybe not great at mm. um, that will help you in turn like get better and become more i guess well-rounded you could apply that to really anything yeah um you said something that so oh yeah this is uh so you talked about how they wanted to like you know spar all the time and like um and i think like this applies like we all go through this where when we're in the process of learning something it's very difficult like it doesn't feel like totally natural um because you're like learning stuff it feels awkward there's moments of pain you have to kind of push through mm-hmm. uh pain or like in in the sense of like maybe feeling awkward when you're doing something like mm-hmm. the jujitsu or you feel like i'm not good at this um but you have to kind of like uh i'm sorry it, it's like and if you're and then there becomes a time where you get into like a flow state where you know you're like sparring or it becomes really easy for you Mm -hmm. Um, but then over time if you don't continue to learn or get better it kind of gets boring 
because you're just going through the motions. It's like Groundhog Day. You're doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. So then you kind of find that, you know, even though the learning process is hard, there's times where you're going to have to like go through a period of like, you know, quote unquote pain mm -hmm. to get better. But then if you can get through it, it'll make you that much better and it will, you know, overall increase your, you know, quality of life mm -hmm. in a way, or it'll increase your knowledge in that sport or whatever it might be, which makes you better. Yeah. It also makes you more like mentally strong, right? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. But like one thing you mentioned to me, um, upstairs like when we were talking before we came down here was you said that we depending on the person right uh, if you're a professional athlete i know it's a little different but yeah but if you're just a regular person and you just you know you want to be a fit athletic person yeah you don't need to train till you get hurt or you don't exactly need, yeah you know? so uh -huh. like like training till you're drained or training till like full capacity or going all out every yeah. single time yep. is not something you should be doing. And you kind of mentioned it already with the running and stuff that we're talking yeah. about. But, uh -huh. yep. but just in general, you said that some people think that when you go to work out, you got to do that. Yeah. People think that, you know, um, a lot of times people associate like workouts with pain, like this is painful. And then that scares people away from starting or, you know, you get somebody that's like just constantly like beating up their body and beating up their body. And they think that that is, um, good for them, or that's the way that you're supposed to do it. But mm -hmm. really just focusing on recovery is more important than what you're actually doing when you're doing it, because recovery is going to help you increase performance mm -hmm. and it's going to help prevent injury. Cause if you're just constantly going a hundred percent every day, multiple times of the day, you know, your body's going to break down and it's not going to be able to function a hundred percent. So you're really only going like 70%. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's just going to keep decreasing until you either get injured or, you know, something else happens. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, you yeah. know, if you're a professional athlete, uh -huh. you know, you're going to be trying to push yourself a little bit harder because you're trying to be the best at your sport or win a championship or, you know, get a college scholarship, whatever it might be. Um, but you're also probably dedicating more time to that. So your body's capable of like handling more. I was about to ask, cause I remember being in high school and just getting my ass kicked every wrestling practice. Yeah. Uh -huh. And, um, and I'm not talking about like these guys. Yeah. We kicked each other's asses. That's yeah. I'm talking literally. about <laughs> literally, but I'm talking about like the workout. Yeah. was intense uh -huh. you know yep and um and but i was you know 15 14 yeah 16 whatever you know and you you had wrestled for i'm assuming several years and kind of conditioned your body to a point where you could do that well more. i i didn't start wrestling until i got into high school okay yeah and so then once i was in high school yeah the you know the first day was like boom you know mm -hmm. and it was crazy because the coach was like they knew it was hard and the coach was like, we don't cut anybody. You cut yourselves. And then okay. they, they, yeah. they proceeded to kick everybody's asses with calisthenics and, uh -huh. you know, shooting and, you know, throwing each other around, all yeah. that shit. And I, you know, I think, I think it was like an, an hour, two hour uh, practice. I don't remember anymore, but I remember it was grueling. Yeah. Even for me uh -huh. back then. But, I, you know, I was... You know, I was I was just a normal kid. I wasn't fat. I wasn't skinny. I was just you know, 
maybe a little athletic because I played a little basketball before I got there. Uh-huh. But that that shit kicked my ass. And the only reason I stuck with it was uh, I don't want to be one of them one of wimps. The, yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. That was the only reason I stuck with it. Yeah. You know? Otherwise, I probably would have quit. It was pretty sucky. You uh-huh. know? So um, I guess my point is, is uh, you have like a sense of accomplishment from kind of making it through that like it made you a tougher person yeah but my point was is that it, it's it's like is it okay when is it okay is it okay when you're a kid like that well is, i think it you know it depends like if you're in a combat sport uh-huh. and you want to compete obviously you're gonna kind of need to get your ass kicked a few times mm-hmm. to kind of prepare yourself for what you're about to face mm-hmm. um so if like if someone came to me and they were like uh you know, um, I want to train for a Muay Thai fight. Mm. It's like, I'd probably train them a little bit differently than somebody who's like, Hey, I want to lose 30 pounds mm-hmm. or someone who's like, Hey, I just want to, um, do chin like ups or something. Yeah. Be yeah. able to do a chin up. It's kind of like a different type of goal, mm. but also as myself, as a strength conditioning coach, it's not like my role to beat that person up in the gym. If they're training for a Muay Thai fight, that's mm. the Muay Thai instructors like responsibility or their mm. sparring partners um but i would train them a little bit differently and and probably push them a little bit harder mm-hmm. than i would someone who is um uh trying to lose body fat yeah just because of the fact that they're going to be putting their body under more stress uh-huh. um, when they're going in there to fight so they're going to have to be a little more um durable in yeah. some ways yeah they have to be so, conditioned for all that yeah, and it depends if that's it, you know obviously that's going to be important to them when they're you know, um, you know doing this this sport. Um, somebody who's trying to lose body fat, you know, being more durable and getting into a fight probably is less important to them. Mm-hmm. So, so um, one last question before we we break: um, what what do you think are the conditions to make a successful to, to have a successful weight loss journey. Like what are those conditions? I mean, obviously there's, you know, you got to have the time, you got to have some of the discipline, but what are, what are other things? Is there a mindset that you need to have? Uh, What can, what can help someone accomplish the goal of losing weight? Yeah. I mean, I could break it down into, I could make it really simple. I talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Really the keys is success or having a plan. Mm Mm-hmm. And then having a support system, like Mm. having a plan, like, and the plan can change. Like if you start out with one plan and that plan doesn't work, you Mm. can always adapt it and do something else. Okay. Um, You know, if you quit, that's something different altogether. Mm. But, you know, if you look at it as like, I'm going to try this plan and see what it works. I'm going to adjust course as time goes on. It's going to work and it'll continue to work. Mm. And then having that support system to help you out when like motivation's low, because there's going to be times where, you know, nothing's going to stop you from going to the gym. Yeah. There's other times where like, you know, uh, it's, you're using every ounce of you to not like sit down on the couch and watch Netflix. <laughs> so like, um, you have to have that support system, mm-hmm. that like accountability factor that's going to help motivate you when motivation's low or, or get you to do it when motivation's low because you, like you said, you didn't want to quit mm-hmm. wrestling. You yeah. didn't want to, you wanted that to be like a point in your life where you, you know, accomplished this and did it and you made it through it. I didn't want the stain of being a wimp. Yeah. That's what I didn't want. Uh-huh. 
It wasn't so much about the accomplishment. It was about, <laughs> I didn't want to be a wimp, you know? Because uh, yeah. that's what happened. Like, you walked around with the shame. Yeah. And it was crazy because, yeah, because yeah, you're the guy who quit mm-hmm. wrestling, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because, like, you think, oh, you know, I don't want to be that guy. Nobody remembers that you quit wrestling. True. Yeah. Even in high school. Like, yep. like I didn't. I'm glad that that wasn't your peak. Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I, I, hopefully there's, yeah, yeah no. I've had better days. Yeah, I, I talk about that with uh, uh, my brother-in-law has kids that are a little bit older yeah. and, you know, they're they're really into sports and stuff. And, and he has that conversation with me where he's like, you know, he's like, I'm not, I don't get too upset when they lose games or, mm-hmm. you know, complain about this too much because I don't want this to be their their peak oh their, jesus yeah that know. would suck yeah this is the thing they remember for their mm-hmm. whole life oh the time i lost or the time i won this yeah. you know um but go, but going back to what you're saying too i think the other so having a plan and having a support system yes. those are the keys to success with anything but um and then even like on top of that it's like kind of remembering like you know why are you doing this like why do you want to do it why is this important to you mm. like what's the inspiration because inspiration is going to trump motivation. Because mm. motivation's like it's kind of like uh, you have like uh, a jar of motivation, mm-hmm. and if like you know your car breaks down in the morning and you have to, um, let's say this, let's say your car snowed in, you you scrape all the stuff off your car, mm-hmm. then you go to start your car, your car doesn't start. You have to take an Uber to work. Mm-hmm. Then you forget your workout bag. Yeah, um, you know those things are all going to like lower your motivation. Um, but like, if you can remember like what, so when you get home, you might be like, I had a shitty day. I'm not going to the gym today. Mm-hmm. If you can remember what inspired you to do it, like, Hey, I got to lose this weight because, um, like we had a guy who he wanted to lose, um, I think 50, 60 pounds. Oh, wow. So he could actually, he wanted to propose to his, uh, his fiance, yeah. or his, his girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And they got married in 2019. Nice. But, um, yeah, myself and a bunch of their coaches went to their wedding. It was really cool. That is cool. But um, he wanted to train. He wanted to lose weight, and then he wanted to train like single leg strength, essentially, mm-hmm. so he could get down and kneel to propose to his girlfriend. Oh wow! So it's like that was his motivation then, and he was super motivated um, for that period of time. Was, I mean, he was motivated throughout, but mm-hmm. like even more motivated then because that was inspiring him to do that was so, was kneeling that hard for him he was a big guy so yeah it was uh oh he had a really hard time with that that's amazing that's so, so he could do it with supporting himself <laughs> but he wanted to do it with like i'm freestanding i'm yeah. gonna kneel down so wow that um you know that in a way like trumped his motivation mm-hmm. and that was his inspiration for doing that that's that's an amazing uh piece of a motive of motivation um my reason for losing weight is much more vain than that. Yeah. I just want to be able to take my shirt off. <laughs> yeah. Why is that important to you? Why is that important to me? Yeah. Because uh, I, I feel pretty lousy taking my shirt off. Okay. You know, I'll do it anyway. I don't care. Yeah. But, but I, don't like, I don't like the way I look. I know I should look better. Like, I feel like I should look better. Like, yeah. I don't, like, uh, and, and I don't want to, I feel like I, I, I don't treat myself enough well enough and that i deserve a better body like i should be i should look better mm-hmm. um the other the, the other thing that's really truthfully the more motivating factor is i don't want my kids to be unhealthy yeah and again they're mm-hmm. watching me 
Yeah. And if I continue to be this weight, they're going to think that being this weight is okay. Yeah. And I don't want them. For, mm-hmm. I don't want that for them. Yeah. You know? So it's not even for me. Of course, you know, I want to live. I don't want to die from something because I'm obese, yeah, etc. There's all those factors. Sure. I want to be alive for them. But also, I want to set an example of what kind of life they should be leave, living. Yeah. And uh, this is not what I think they should have. You know? uh-huh. I don't want it for myself. And I definitely don't want it for them. Yeah. But uh, the reason I think of that is because there's this book called um, Raising, is it Raising Men? I can't remember right now. Um, that sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, it's uh, it's this Navy SEAL. He talks about like just raising his boys and stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the things that he mentioned in that book that really, really, really stuck out to me was uh, you can't just tell them what kind of life they should live. You need to show them what yeah. life they should live. Uh-huh. So you need to live the life you want your kids to have. That's fucking hard. Yeah. You know, because uh-huh. you want the world for them. Yeah. You'll do whatever you want for them. Uh-huh. But to accomplish it for yourself, that's a big task, man. You know, because you're like, okay, well, I want them to have the house. I want them to be happy. I want them to have a good job or yeah. I want them to live comfortably. All those things that require sacrifice, but it also can require time with them. You know, like, like you need to give them time. Right, because you need to be the example that they can see, mm-hmm. but also in order to have the things that you want them to have, or live the life that you want them to have, you you also need to be, you need to spend time away from them. And I hate spending time away from the kids. It's tough, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of days ago, I had to leave, and my daughter was like crying when I was leaving, and it was, it was you know, it's it's hard to. It makes it it's real hard. hard. To leave and, you know, you want to see them like every day is like a little bit different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's like you want to spend the time with them, but you also have to put the work into kind of, you know, building that life where they can live comfortably and you can give them the things that, you know, maybe you didn't have mm-hmm. or that you felt like, um, you know, you would have wanted. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah definitely there's definitely like that like balance of like um you know work life i guess to some degree and then it's like kind of teaching them about like what is important um or helping them find i guess like what is important to them like as they kind of get older and Mm kind of like um you know teaching them like values and like how to have um integrity but like also kind of finding like what, um, you know, teaching them about life, but like what's important to them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, one of the things, and first off, like I, I'm not like the most social guy. It Like that part of me is something I really work on. I try to like be as social as possible. Hmm. Um, and you say, I would say you uh, are pretty social. Really? Like you're it's, very... I, you know. that is me working on it. Okay. It's not where I, yeah. where I live. If, uh-huh. if you leave me alone, I'll just go upstairs, watch are TV, you, draw. Are you more of like, I guess, uh, extroverted introvert? I am an introvert at base. Yes. Okay. I recharge by myself. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I think I'm more of an introverted extrovert. Mm. Um, cause like I need time to recharge too. Yeah. But I like being around people and like, 
Um, I like people. I genuinely like people. Um, I do get tired of people. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> like, we all do. Yeah. Like My daughter I, said that the other day. Yeah. We were at a restaurant and she was walking by and she said, I don't like that guy. <laughs> the guy was yelling at the waitress. Yeah. Actually, my wife told me this story. I wasn't yeah. there. She said, I don't like that guy. And then she said, I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I like people. Like, I like yeah. people, but there are things that I, that's not how I recharge. Like, like being with people, I get tired. Yeah. You know, that part of it, always you know it's okay when it's like just you know a couple guys you know yeah but when it's like a crowd of people like well you know sometimes we'll have ufc fights i've invited you and you have yeah. always said no <laughs> i'll come to the next one okay <laughs> I'll, I'll invite you next time yeah uh but like um you know people will come and you know it's a good time i like having them here uh i think i was always in the city when you tried to invite yeah me yeah you were always yeah, in the city right now, now you're yeah, here no so. excuse now yeah no excuse <laughs> You get an invite, <laughs> but like, um, but yeah, so like people, people come over, I have a good time. Everything's cool. But when they're gone, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just like exhausted. And, uh, but yeah, I like my time alone. I like to sit on the computer, draw, do whatever, like those things. That's where I feel, okay, I'm back down to where I need to be. Cause, yeah. um, cause I don't get that much anymore. Like the kids, Oh yeah, they uh-huh. are up my butt yep. all the time, uh-huh. and um, sometimes it's a little, a little much. <laughs> uh-huh. I hear you on that. Yeah, we but, have one now, one more on the way. But yeah, it's a, oh uh, yes, I'm congratulations! Sure yeah, it. thank you. Nice. Do you know what it is yet? Another girl. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. You know, you know, I have a theory on that yeah. kind of stuff. I I think that the more alpha male you are, the more girls you'll have. Oh, okay. Because at least from my experience, like uh, uh, Daniel Viana, my ex uh, kickboxing, oh, yeah, he has two girls, right? Yeah, he has two girls. Uh-huh. My ex kickboxing coach, he has two two girls. Yeah, uh, I knew a few guys. They they all had girls. They were all like alpha males. <laughs> That's what you get. Yeah. If, maybe if you were a little more beta, maybe you get a son. I don't <laughs> I think know if I'm you care. A little care. both. A little, both. <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, we're excited. My daughter, we all wanted a boy just because mm-hmm. we had girl yeah, with the girl. first one. But yeah. uh, especially my daughter, I think she was the one that we'd say, do you want to have a brother or a sister? And mm-hmm. she would say, brother. Yeah. No sister. No sister. <laughs> no sister. We're like, okay. <laughs> now she's a little more okay with it. But yeah. we're like, you're going to have a sister. Mm-hmm. And she'll just kind of be like, mm. I want a brother. Nice. And then she goes on with, with whatever she's doing. Oh, now you got a girl. Uh-huh. That's wonderful, man. Yeah. I initially wanted one gender of for the two kids, like whether it's two yeah. girls or two boys, because I wanted them to be able to socialize. Yeah. I was afraid that they wouldn't get along. Yeah. They can share each other's clothes too. Which yeah. That makes it easier. It makes so a lot I'm excited cheaper. About that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. really expensive yeah, having babies. Oof. But uh, but yeah. So like uh, when I had the when I had a boy, I was just like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're buying all new shit. We're painting the room different now. <laughs> and, you know, so there's all that. Yeah. But also, like, I was super worried that they wouldn't get along. And they get along just fine. Yeah. So that that, that uh, worry that I had was totally not a valid worry. Uh-huh. Like, they, they get along great. Um, so, but, you know, and I don't know what that is. It might be because I, I like to think it's the jujitsu because they're, yeah, they they get to actually rough house with each other, uh-huh. you know? like little monkeys, you know, like yeah. socializing and, uh-huh. in the in the jungle, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like they, 
you know, they, they get along great. It's great. Yeah. I think it, it, from my experience, I am an only child, but mm. when I, I think a lot of the like, uh, when you have one of each, there's like, in some ways, there's like less competition for them. Because I think that's why Reese didn't want to have another sister because she wanted to be the only girl. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. So it's like, you know, and I think anyway, <laughs> most siblings are gonna are gonna get along, but yeah. we have like a older brother, older sister. It's mm. like they're a little bit different, mm -hmm. you know. Well, I guess a lot different, but like, mm. you know, uh, genetically. Yeah. But like, um, you know, it, it's it's different enough. Whereas like, if you have two brothers or two sisters they're probably gonna fight a little bit more yeah you know like they'll still love each other but they're gonna come up with those like uh you know um i guess more there's probably more of a hierarchical thing going on because of they're the same gender yeah right? uh-huh like i'm the older one mm -hmm. and i'm the oldest girl you know, so there's always going to be some kind of dynamic you're going to have to deal with yeah so. oh yeah totally well humans yeah <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. I'm going to have to cut it off here, but okay. um, uh, thanks, man. This has been great. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, no, I, I find it really enlightening. I hope that this is useful um, to the people listening. Yeah, me too. All right. So this is Edgar Otraves uh, on the Flow World Podcast with special guest Chris Jakubiak uh, of Hustle Fitness. We got a little hustle and flow on today. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Like that. <laughs> some hustle fitness, uh, hustle fitness, some flow roll podcast. Uh -huh. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks yeah, for coming. My out. pleasure. All right, cheers. The music you're listening to is titled Starship, and it's by Raxi. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. And if you go over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so that they know that I sent you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed talking to Chris. I hope you got something out of it. And if you're interested in reaching out to Chris and possibly joining Hustle Fitness, you can go to hustlefitness.com. And you can also follow Chris on Instagram under the name hustlefitness underscore Chicago. Don't worry, I'll make sure to have links for him in the description. And also, don't forget to follow me, Edgar Otraves, on Instagram under the name Edgar Otraves. Or you can follow the show on Instagram under the name The Floral. And, of course, you can always go to our website, thefloralpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes, a store, and a bunch of other stuff to let you know what we're up to. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming on the show and sharing your time and your knowledge with us. I got something out of it. I hope everybody who's listening did too. Thank you so much for listening. This is Ergo Traves. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters.